Hi, welcome to Were the Kids Alright, a podcast where we analyze the books we read as kids. My name is Jacqueline and I use they, them, or she, her pronouns. And my name is Sophie and I use she, her pronouns. We're two college students who read a lot as children and now we have some thoughts. First things first, we use the analytical framework of death of the author. Basically, the author doesn't matter until we say they do. We also will get into spoilers, so that's your warning for that. We'll also be discussing themes of global disaster, resource shortage, manipulation of people with disabilities, and kidnapping. Please take care of yourself if any of these themes cause you distress. This week, we read The Diamond of Darkhold by Jean Dupro. This is the fourth and final book in the Ember series, The Epic Conclusion. In the midst of a harsh winter, Lena and Dune find this ripped up book that somehow leads them to believe there are answers waiting back in Ember. They return to Ember through some tricky teenage antics, and then, oh no, Dune is captured. Dune kills Ember. Lena travels with sheep. There are solar-powered diamonds. Lizzie has bad taste in men. Still, the book gets weepy and the characters get straight. <laughs> what, a, what a dynamic intro. Yep. Okay, so let's start off with our own backgrounds with the books. I have never read this book before. This was my first time reading it. That That's my background. Okay, uh, my background is that I read this hard copy from the library um, two years after it came out. So it came out in 2008, and uh, so it was still on hard copy. And I liked it when I read it, and I remember thinking that it ended well, but I was also kind of weirded out by the diamonds because before the books felt very grounded in a past that was more like 2003, but mm -hmm. then to suddenly have the diamonds, that confused me. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Because like we don't have solar powered diamonds yet. Oh yeah. I don't know why you would solar power a diamond. Maybe because it's reflective so it can... Uh, reflect the light back and thus create more power. Like, it makes sense to someone who doesn't know a lot about solar power, aka me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about solar power either, but yeah, it definitely felt that this book leaned more into the sci-fi futuristic aspect of it. And I guess I was thinking that the disaster was more like a 2020 kind of deal. The world ends today. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. The world will. I didn't end. realize it was probably more of a 2050 deal. Well, also, like she was writing these books like early 2000s, so she didn't know that we wouldn't have diamond-powered uh, solar panels by now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first, I guess first impressions on reread. Yeah. Um, I did not like this book as much as the other two. Like, I even liked People of Sparks better than this. It just, it felt very, uh, like, the middle I didn't like. I didn't like a lot of the new characters that were introduced. <laughs> we can talk about those. We'll talk about them, but, um, yeah, I liked the, I, I really liked the ending. I liked after they figured out, well, after they found the diamonds and they figured out what they were for, I really liked that, and I wish that had been more of the story instead of like a wacky adventure chase like mm -hmm. I, I didn't want that from the story and that's what it ended up being yeah um i felt that this book really ditched some of the stuff that happened during people of sparks mm -hmm. and they kind of just accepted that the tension was completely gone yeah there's like one or two parts where they mention tension but that's like at the very beginning yeah 
So I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, there wasn't as much nuance as there has been in the past. Yeah. So I wasn't into that. I also felt like this could have, this is a situation where this book could have been any plot, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. She could have taken this in yeah. any direction. And still ended up in the same place. Yeah. Um, and I think that People of Sparks did, there was a book that did need a sequel, but it might have not needed this particular sequel. And mm-hmm. I thought that the actual, the main plot of the book kind of suffered from not so great outlining. Mm, yeah. Do you know if Jean Dupro intended to write a book after People of Sparks? Um, I think, I think so. Okay. Yeah. She does leave it off on a place that leaves open I don't, I don't know, but my suspicion is that she probably knew that it needed something else, but she didn't know what she wanted. Mm, until she, like, started writing it. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that she knew where she wanted to end up, and she had those last chapters actually written first. Yeah, because the last chapters are really good. Yeah. It's the middle that I hate. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't like the retcon of the diamonds with the builders. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like that. I think that the diamonds were unnecessary. Yeah. Like, they could have just been exploring Ember, and I would have been perfectly happy. Yeah, or they could have had a different plot. Yeah. But let's save that for fan fiction takes. Because <laughs> I'm sure we can think up some cool stuff. Yeah, and this is not to be negative about this book, because obviously a conclusion was needed, so I'm glad it exists for the con- aspect of a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not as good as it, I remember it being. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, this is one where I think the last time I reread it was maybe middle school. So it's been a while. Yeah, that makes sense. Shall we get into characters? Yes. How about we start off with our old faves? Lena, Lena and Dune. Dune. Lena first. I feel like Lena was sidelined a bit in this <gasps> book. Yeah, it was and mostly I didn't Dune. Appreciate that. I feel like the last book, she had her own little side quest in the People of Sparks, and like even though she wasn't really involved in what was happening in the town, she was still playing a vital role in like the overall story. And in this one, it felt like she was Dune's sidekick, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that. Yeah, I honestly wish they'd gotten captured together. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, here's the thing, like, Dune gets kidnapped, and then he tells Lena to go get help, and then he literally just escapes by himself. Like, he doesn't need help. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just, like, you have these great characters, and I feel like they should be together in the plot more. Yeah, I definitely think that when you have point-of-view characters, especially when you have two point-of-view characters, it's really awkward to have them switching off points of view when they're in the same place. Mm, yeah. So it makes sense that Yeah, it, it does make sense. Personally, I would have leaned into Lena more because I honestly feel like she's more the main character than Dune is over the course of the series if you're looking at it as a whole. Yeah, especially in the first book. Yeah, I wish Lena had more to do. Yeah. It kind of feels like especially towards the end she just kind of took on the role of taking care of Dune when he gets injured. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get risk rescued really quickly after that. Yeah. Which like made sense in the context of the story because Kenny like figures everything out, which mm-hmm. I liked. I love Kenny. Um, but I wish 
Lena had had an important side journey or something. Like, she spent yeah. some time with Mags, the roamer who's doing a terrible job of being a roamer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's not that important. <laughs> yeah. I think that, honestly, they could have expanded some of the stuff that happened in the last few chapters into more of the book. Agreed. I don't know. I think if they disco- made the discovery of the diamonds earlier and started trying to figure that out, mm-hmm. that would have been a better role to take. And maybe there could have been a debate about, do you have, do you give everyone the diamonds or do you just give them to the people of Ember? Because that's mm. who they were for. And then you can call back to some of the Sparks drama. That could have been good. Um. Well, I feel like we're jumping a lot into fanfiction takes. <laughs> because that's... we just have a lot of thoughts about how this should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But uh, back, okay. to, back to characters, Dune. We kind of talked about Dune. Uh, he's fine. He's a fine kid. Yeah, Dune was getting a little bit Gary Stewie in this book. Yeah, he f- not he's not going to lie. Self confident these days, which is not a bad thing. But um, I don't know. Well, maybe not self confident. Yeah, but like his rage didn't play as big of a role. He like has a one outburst. Mm-hmm. So I just think that Dune was a little bit too sure of himself in this book, and I. I'm gonna be honest, like as much as I, I'm not sure I fully buy Lena and Dune together forever and getting married. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm also thinking about the limit of op- limited options they have. Yeah. They <laughs> um, also don't have to get married. They don't have to get married, but there well, needed to be something. Yeah. And if Jean Dupro had to like develop their romance in the book, I wouldn't have been mad because it would have offered a little bit more substance. Yeah, I almost, like, I know that they're, what, like, 13 in this book? I think they're 14. Really? Yeah. Oof. They grow up so fast. Well, there's a lot of time passed in um, the first book, so I think they were actually 13 by the time they got out. Oh, interesting. So I think they're 14 at this point. Great. So even then, like, I don't know if I really want to see a blossoming romance between two 14-year-olds. I don't know. That's not really what I want out of a story. At least not out of this It series. needed something. It did need something. Um... Other characters, Kenny, our boy, I love him. <laughs> He's like the spiritual um, successor to Dune, yeah. sort of, in that he likes animals and studying animals, and also he likes figuring things out. And he's learning to like to read. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, and Torin wasn't in this book, bless, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's there for like three seconds, and he's a little. Yeah, he's. Ugh, Poppy the continues time. to be cute. She didn't have a really big role. Oh I kinda no, wish she had been eating more things. You know, like she did in the first book. Yeah, eating honestly, things. Poppy is probably like five at this point. Yeah, she needs to. They probably. I think that they could have developed her more. Yeah. in terms of her, Kick you know, and out development. <laughs> Add Poppy back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lizzie, also part of the mystery solving crew. We get some Lizzie POV. We do. She has her POV for like twice in the book. Yeah. And both times I'm just like, she's girl, get better taste in men. She's crushing on Dune. She's not even really crushing on Dune. She's crushing on the idea of being the girlfriend of a hero. Yeah. Which is like kind of gross. 
but also a pattern for her. Yeah, definitely. And I am mad at her for ditching her friend Lena when all these thoughts because Lena isn't Lena's a hero too and you've been friends with her for so long she yeah. was your best friend for a long time yep. come on Lizzie I did like the part at the end when they rescue Dune and Lena and Lizzie's thoughts are like she didn't even care that she didn't get to be Dune's girlfriend or whatever she was just happy that they were both safe because they were both her friends yeah like, that was kind of cute mm-hmm okay so Let's talk about the adults in this book, because they are bad at being adults. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't think to check that the kids are gone? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie, Kenny, and Torin are able to just, like, walk out of the town. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, parents? Though, to be fair, is there any reason why it's not okay for them to walk out of the town? I guess not. But I feel like someone should have seen them walking through the squash field and then, like, over the hill. Yeah, well, they tr- they treat the young teenagers like they're adults already. That's a good point. Dr. Hester should be worried about Torin. Yeah. But Lizzie and Kenny, like, I don't know what their situations are in terms of their families. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Kenny is the, the kid of the Parton. Yeah, and they people. have, like, three other kids. Yeah. Not to say that having other kids means that he's not important to the yeah. parents, to yeah. be clear. Though I honestly think that it's not a big deal that they're just wandering away, because as long as they don't have any work that they should be doing, as long as they're getting covered for it, yeah. and they did go in a group, mm-hmm. like, there is reason to be worried, but also I think that people trust them to be able to take care of themselves to a certain point. Yeah. I feel like... Lena's guardian, Mrs. Murdo, is one of the more responsible adults in the whole book. Yeah. Um, and in the entire series. And in the entire series, yeah. She's a she's a good sur- surrogate mom, is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, she's she's good at it. I like how she takes care of Poppy. Um, not a huge fan about how she doesn't check if Lena's okay for, like, days yeah. on end. Like... Your adoptive, basically adoptive daughter is, like, going across town. You can't stop by and say hi. Like, what? It's not a big town. I don't understand what's the big deal. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't understand how they can go missing for days on end with nobody figuring it out. It's not a very big town. They have, what, like a thousand people? Less than a thousand? And she's living in the doctor's house. There are going to be people coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Dune's dad has a hurt hand. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't know what his... I don't know what my son's doing. Yes. Lewis, what are you doing? Loris. Oh, Loris. Or in the movie, Barrow Harrow. <laughs> which was one of the more ridiculous parts of the movie. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, Loris, not a great father in this book. He just, like... Yeah, he's in a lot of pain. He is in a lot of pain. So, like, cut him. I'll cut him some slack for that. Mm-hmm. And he is a very supportive father the rest of the time. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Trogs. Ugh, do we have to? Yes, we have to talk about the Trogs. I don't like them. So I actually have a lot of nostalgia for the Trogs because after four books of no humor, there was actually some humor with the Trogs in Diamond of Darkhold. And I remember laughing because it was so unexpected and uh, my younger sister read it too, and we were both laughing at the trogs. And there was a joke about Dune's name, Drune, <laughs> that was like Doom, Doom. 
Uh, Your parents knew you were headed for trouble. And I was like, yeah, finally someone is making fun of the name Dune, which is a ridiculous name. (laughs) Honestly, I hear Dune and I'm just like, the sand dunes? Back to Indiana we go. (laughs) Yeah. So I actually, I don't know. I don't think the trogs should have been the focus of the book, but I thought that they were funny. Like, I enjoy them. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) For anyone just listening in, the Trogs are the people who claim to have, quote-unquote, found Ember, and they decide that they're going to live there yep. and not tell anyone else about it. So they're basically like the Mayor and Looper, part two, but, like, they weren't born in Ember, so they're worse. I just don't like them. They also, like, take, quote-unquote, take in this little boy whose actual name is Tim, but they rename him Scago. Scago. Okay, back up. We need to talk about the Trogs' names. So, yeah, so the Trogs um, can't read, and that's actually a really big plot point that they can't read, but they still have heard of really important places from before the disaster, so they're really interested in those places, and leader Trog named himself Washington Trog because Washington... AKA Washington DC is the most important place. And then he named his wife Minnie Apple, like Minneapolis. And then there is also New York. Yeah. That's his son. Kansas. Kansas. Like Kansas. That's the daughter. <laughs> and then they name this little boy that they take in Scago. And we're pretty sure that means Chicago. Yep. I'm really glad that Sophie figured that one out because I could not figure out for the life of me what it meant. I saw the S and I was like, Seattle? That doesn't make any sense. So anyways, Scago is this boy whose parents died or something. I don't really know what his backstory is, but he has a limp or he has a limp. A uh, lame leg is I think how they describe it in the book. And Basically, what Washington does is um, he, like, carries this little boy down into Ember mm-hmm. and basically, like, keeps him there as their family servant. Yep. It's kind of really messed up. Really messed up. And, like, Scago, a.k.a. Tim, ends up being a really important plot point for um, uh, Dune's escape. Yep. So, like, we love that. And Tim is a good, good kid, but we hate, I hate the Trogs mm-hmm. because they're kind of assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, they also like put chains on Dune's legs when they kidnap him. Well, they don't really kidnap him. Uh, he's like wandering around Ember and gets captured by them. Kidnapping. And it's basically kidnapping because they don't let him go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the definition. <laughs> Um, but they put chains on his legs so then he can't run away. And it remind like, that scene reminded me a lot of, like, what are they? Like, in prisons when they have everyone's legs chained together mm-hmm. and everyone's chained together. What are those called? I have no idea. I don't know either. Um, but, like, that, it reminded me of that, mm-hmm. which was not a great image. Um, yeah. So I kind of felt very vindicated when, at the end, the Trogs return <laughs> and they're, like... Not doing too hot. <laughs> yeah, because Dune killed Ember, so they wouldn't be able to stay there. Yeah, which I thought was really... It was really sad. But and kind of ingenious. Yeah. That was, like, 
a move that I thought was really, really well done. Basically, what Dune does is he removes this one pipe that is uh, making the generator still kind of work. I think the way that Ember works is it was like uh, water turbine turbines. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he like breaks the connection to the water so then the generator can't get any energy anymore. Yeah, and then they won't have water so they can't stay down there. Yeah, and then the trogs leave and they're very bad at being roomers. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing too hot by the time they get back to the village of Sparks. Yeah. But yeah, I really don't like the trogs. I can understand where you found humor in them. And they are kind of unexpectedly funny within Jean DePro's writing. Mm-hmm. I still really just don't like them. <laughs> mm-hmm. They also burned all the books. That's yeah. really sad. I mean, I don't like them as people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I think the only other new character that was introduced in this book is Mags. Who is a trog. Yes, she is a trog. She is the sister of Washington. <laughs> oh, um, so her whole deal is basically um, she is being a roamer right now in order to get food for the trogs. And the deal with Washington is that... Um, he said that after a couple of months, she can come join them mm-hmm. down in the city. But then as soon as Lena tells Mags that the Trogs have taken to kidnapping, yep, um, she's like, I'm out. This sucks. No, thank you. Yeah. I hate my brother anyways, but not actually. Yeah. She's actually a very good sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does put up with a lot. So it's understandable that she like decides to turn her back, at least for the moment, while they're yeah something this is more a world building thing but something i'm wondering if sparks is so prosperous and now they have the diamonds Mm -hmm. they're going to get an influx of immigration an influx yeah though it seems like they're trading the diamonds to other villages so it's not like they're keeping it for themselves Mm -hmm. so people don't really have a need to go live in sparks if diamonds are coming to their towns if that kind of makes sense I still think that Sparks is very well off compared to a lot of places in the area. Yeah. I suspect that there is still going to be an influx of immigration and we're going to end up where we started in People of Sparks (laughs) and it's going to be a repeat. Yep. That'd be kind of really ironic. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of love that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any more character things to say or should we move on to world building? I think we should move on to world building. I agree. I thought it was a really good move to have the Trogs find the city. Like, that was good on uh, the writing of this narrative. Because, like, it doesn't make sense for no one to have ever found the city. Though I am confused why no one found it before the Trogs. Yeah. Though they kind of try and explain that with, like, the whole earthquake BS. Yeah. I'm, like, not wondering why they didn't find the river thing. Like, that makes sense that people would be able to find the river and not be able to go up it, obviously. Yeah. But the fact that there's a path does not make sense to me. I agree. And an earthquake does not explain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that was kind of a gap in the world building, mm-hmm. perhaps. And that could have been fixed with someone just seeing a hole, seeing that there is, like, flash of light every so often down the hole, mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to make a really long rope 
Yeah. And I'm just going to climb down on the rope. That could have fixed it. Yeah. There didn't need to be the path. Mm -hmm. Like, I get why we wanted the path there. It does make it easier to go to and fro the city. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a little bit too easy. Mm -hmm. I like the part where the trogs use trash to, like, create the path. Yeah. To and from the city um, in the unknown regions. Like, that was good. Yeah. That was very good, I thought. I still don't buy the diamonds. Fair. And I said this in the beginning, but I... It always seems so random. And they're introduced fairly late in the book. Mm -hmm. So then when you find out how it works, it just seems so very random. Yeah, yeah, same. I felt the exact same way because, like, I was so confused what the book was in reference to, what else was in the cave. And I was like, oh, is it going to be, like, instructions on how to create electricity? And, like, it kind of is, but, like, I could have, I don't know. I could have done with a current day thing, like, a solar panel would have made sense. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's, like, a better solar panel than what we have right now, but, like, a panel instead of a diamond. It seems so random, and also it seemed like Jean Dupro really wanted to tie things up really neatly at the end, but... Mm -hmm. Using the diamonds to do that seemed really cheap. Yeah, especially in my since mind. the diamonds hadn't been there since the beginning. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that felt like very, very planned out after the other books had already been published. Mm-hmm. I am still sad that, that what happened in People of Sparks wasn't given more weight in this book because there was almost a war. Yeah, and now everything's just fine. Like they had a huge fire. Mm-hmm. They don't even show the rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Like they could have shown that. That would have been something. And now everyone's fine. Yep. There's like a little bit of grumbling at one part, but you know, yeah, not enough. More mm-hmm. grumbling, please. Yeah, and I, I like the ending, and I totally buy what would happen. Would happen. I do like that they lean into solar power. Mm-hmm. That's really really cool. I do like that a lot. Because that, that shows that things are legitimately going to be different. Mm-hmm. I also like how they lean specifically into solar power because it makes sense for them to want to leave that for the people of Ember because if they're coming out of the city, they've never seen the sun before. Mm-hmm. So like they wouldn't even know that you could use that to get power. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they would want to show them that that was possible. Because, like, this, the generator already shows us that uh, wind, uh, or not wind, water power is possible. Mm-hmm. And then this shows us that um, solar power is possible. Which, like, that makes a lot of sense. That was, yeah. that was good world building. <laughs> Any other world building thoughts? Or shall we move on to critical analysis? Yeah, let's move on. Cool. I don't have a ton of critical analysis. Me neither. I feel like we kind of covered it. Like, the main problematic, quote-unquote problematic thing in this book is, like, some severe ableism with Skago, Mm -hmm. aka Tim. Yeah. He's definitely treated as lesser by the Trogs because of his disability. Mm -hmm. Um... And the fact that they use his disability in order to keep him indebted to them seems super problematic to me. Yeah. But it also kind of adds to the way that, like, we're not supposed to think the Trogs are good people. Yeah. It does raise the question about the world 
and social issues within the new world because a lot of the jobs are very, very physical. Mm-hmm. And there are jobs that aren't, but um, I can see how in some places it would be a severe, like people would see it as a severe disadvantage and there would be tons of ableism yeah. within the world. Yeah, I mean, even when um, Dune's father, Loris, uh, like cuts his hand open at the beginning of the book, like that's a big plot point because they're worried that it's infected, that he won't be able to use his hand anymore. Uh, He like struggles to eat with his other hand because he cuts open his dominant hand. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that is definitely something that could have been explored a little bit more i would have liked to see it explored a little bit more because i feel like we see a lot of able-bodied people yeah um but like we hear about people injuring themselves all the time because lena's living in the doctor's house mm-hmm. so we hear about people who are injuring themselves but i don't know they're never really given it it's like a one-off thing they're not like yeah but whenever thing. someone does injure themselves it is it does really like, Jean Pro does a good job making sure that that injury actually has an impact. Yes. The yeah. way it should. Yeah, I feel like a lot of other um, writers would have taken Loris cutting his hand open and it would be fixed by the end of the book. Yeah, this is more of a world-building thing, but um, <laughs> when Dune was kidnapped by the Trogs, what I was wondering most was, like, how does he go to the bathroom? <laughs> And, like, how are they going to the bathroom in Ember when the toilets obviously can't flush? You go in, you use every single bathroom in every single house. (laughs) That's just, that is so (laughs) gross. That is nasty. Well, there's a lot of houses that are empty now. That is so nasty. You might as well shit in them. (laughs) (laughs) No, but real talk, they're probably, like, uh, they, he was like worried about his chain clinking. I was worried like he would be going to the bathroom and then they would see him trying. They would worry that he was trying to escape. Or I was hoping that the excuse he would use was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And be like, no, you don't. <laughs> and yeah, then he's like, what am I supposed to do? And we're like, you have to pee on the wall. You know, freaking doom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Washington would definitely say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's something that's kind of like danced around in the narrative which is like yeah fair but also the book didn't shy away from talking about the bathroom in the previous previous that's true section people of sparks they are digging their own holes to yeah go in yeah so i don't think it's that big of a deal this is also a children's book like everybody's doing it you can't dance <laughs> you don't need to dance away from some you know some human waste i do always find it weird like i get why books don't like show characters going to the bathroom but it's like almost never used as like a oh this character has to leave for 30 seconds so that these other characters can talk about them behind their back like it's never oh i just have to go to the bathroom it's always something convoluted yeah and i think that on in situations where going to a bathroom would cause a problem especially mm. like with dunes kidnapping then i'm more then i'm going to care more about not seeing yeah it in the book because it's like it could be a plot point yeah and it would have been an interesting one yeah <laughs> okay shall we revive the author a bit yeah let's revive the author jean Dupro. how you doing you haven't been active since. 
<laughs> she literally hasn't re- written anything <laughs> she's since Diamond of Dark Hole. She came okay, out. she has written stuff, oh, but she not has. a lot. She also says that she is she writes really slowly and she doesn't write anything until she feels like she has a good idea. What if she's been working on the fifth book? She for said the past that she would years. never work on it. She would never write a fifth book. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> then we'd have to make another episode. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, and the ending was clearly an ending. Yeah, that's true. Um, I definitely, this is another situation where I do think her world view is coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it's clear that she's an environmentalist. Yeah. It's clear she's a Democrat. I mean, it's, her environmental views are very clear. Very, very clear. Even just like having the generator be water powered from the beginning, like. Yeah. Okay, we get it. Yeah, and the big, the biggest strength of this series is showing how things we take for granted, like electricity and water, matches. Ma- yeah, and the sun and all the lovely things we have above ground are really, really important and really, really precious, mm-hmm. and we need to treat them with respect. Like that is the biggest strength of the entire series. It's kind of like. Um a child's introduction to um environmentalism yep it's like <laughs> child's introduction to environmentalism yeah which is really really good and it definitely helped me yeah as i was getting more involved in um real world issues mm-hmm. um when i was little so many things make sense young. what do you mean so many things <laughs> make sense okay well just like you care so much about the environment which is so so cool um, and you like reread these books a lot. I did not reread these <laughs> books a lot. I still care about the environment, but it's not my whole thing. It's, it's not, not your whole thing. It's not my whole thing either, but it is a big thing. I know. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. That's really cool how much it's impacted you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, it comes across really clearly. I think that also the decision to couple some of these characters up, I wasn't sure that her heart was fully in it, though I feel like she kind of thought that she had to. Yes, that's what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like she thought that she had to put everyone in straight relationships. To wrap end, it up. Which, like, you don't have to do. Yeah, but I, I also think knowing her and her... You know, she pushes an agenda when she's writing. I fully believe that if this was the height of the marriage equality movement, Mm -hmm. she would have made Mrs. Murdo and Dr. Hester. So if she'd been writing this book like 10 years after she actually wrote it, there would be gay people. I think that she was... She's like an HRC (laughs) supporter. You know, the mildest of mild... um, Not that the HRC doesn't do good work. Yes. But, you know, cis, white, gay men. Yeah. Dominate it. And it's, like, a lot of allies. Yeah. But anyway, like, I fully expect her to be on board that train. Yeah. and I could see that. Yeah. So I think that if this had been written later, we would have gotten Dr. Hester and Miss Murdo, (laughs) the best couple of the entire book. I did not like Mrs. Murdo and Loris. That I didn't don't make like sense. That. They don't interact at all throughout also, the entire series. Also, that sets up some like weird things for Dune and Lena because it's like uh-huh. Lena's adoptive mother and Dune's father 
are together. Yeah, that's weird. That basically makes them step siblings. That is weird. Um, also, I think that I buy Lena and Dune together. I'm not sure. I buy them being together, and I could see them staying together because they do have such unique experiences that they've shared only with each other. Yeah. But I also feel like as they get older, there are going to be experiences that impact their lives more so than these things they did while they were young tweens. Yeah, I think my thing is that there aren't a lot of options. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not enough people for them to have yes relations with so so why not they're also very young so you never know what this what the relationship is going to be like when they're actually teenagers yeah but what i don't buy i'm fine with them being together i like their relationship i like it better when they're platonic probably but Mm -hmm. i like them i don't buy them having kids at all i don't see lena being able to do that yeah same or wanting to yeah I agree with that. Um, before we jump face first into fan fiction takes, which yeah. we've already been dipping our toes in, mm-hmm. um, let's talk real fast about the writing. Because mm-hmm. that's something that we didn't really talk about last time. And yeah. We said we were going to talk about it more this time. In People of Sparks, the writing was actually pretty strong. But here it regressed a little bit. Yeah. It's just like the middle section is so bloated. Like, Jean Dupro spends too much time on the trogs. And, like, I don't know. They're not strong enough characters to have the entire middle section spent on them, in my opinion. Yeah. I also think that the actual outline of what happens in the book was really messy. Yeah. And is not, like, the expected structure. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what the stakes are not as high as I would like them to be following a book where... Two books where the stakes were really high. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it was kind of hard to describe what the point of this book was, except for to be like, a there's conclusion. more stuff in Ember, electricity. Yeah, it seemed like the entire book was to wrap up the series, which is good, except you kind of want it to be able to stand on its own, and it didn't. Yeah, I feel like you could cut out almost everything except for the last couple of chapters, make it a short story, be done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's really bloated and goes in a lot of different directions. And if we're using NaNoWriMo terms, it seems like Jean Depro was a pantser, not a planner. <laughs> in this book. In this book, yes. People of Sparks flowed pretty well. I think that this book needed to happen, but the plot it chose was not the right plot to choose. Mm-hmm. Going back to Ember maybe should have been the beginning of the book. Also, I feel like like it should have been given more weight. Like, they're going mm -hmm. back to their home, and then they leave it forever. Mm -hmm. They're never going back. That's sad. Also, I don't get why they would never go back. I mean, they definitely could, but also... Like, I get that it's, like, dangerous and all that, but, like, there's also a lot of building materials down there. Why wouldn't you try and deconstruct the greenhouses and bring them back up so then you could have fresh vegetables throughout the winter yeah there's also that's a fan fiction take sorry <laughs> also like if you need shelter from potentially other disasters you know earthquakes happen like an other underground thing. city is a good thing to yeah. have in your back pocket yeah it's a good it's a good asset in case things get really bad what if you get attacked by some evil dudes go down to the city 
Yeah, and I know tornadoes don't really happen in California, but tor- tornado shelter. Tsunami shelter. Though you'd have to uh, patch up the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, Even so. You would kind of get drowned. <laughs> Even so, like, it's still a useful thing to have. Yes. Just in case. Yes. Because I bet a lot of the stuff is still, if it lasted for 200 years, it's probably still pretty okay. Like, tear the houses apart and use the bricks to build your houses. I wouldn't go, I think that they should keep the houses up. Okay. Also, like, I think that people, the people would have really, really strong feelings about taking, take, tearing down their, yeah, their past. (laughs) But also there's like good furniture there. Yeah. Bring the furniture up. Yeah. I don't know. There's old refrigerators. Dune was just saying at the end that, like, you could power a refrigerator with the diamonds. Yeah, I feel like she definitely thought about how there's still a lot of useful stuff down in Ember, and she was like, oh, they should go back for it. But she didn't go in hard enough on that idea. Yeah, but I also, I think that they should have just accepted the fact that the river only flows one way, Mm -hmm. and once they come up, they cannot go back. Yeah. Or they could they could try the rope thing. Yeah, I think the pathway was a little bit too like convenient. Yeah. Well, we've already been in fan fiction takes, so let's just head back in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should have been gay people. Yes, Mrs. Murdo and Doctor Hester. That is all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> we know. I will say I love 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 how they get lena a horse at the end and she could be a messenger again yeah that was a good that was a good career for her i almost cried when i got to that part it was so good yeah and i like that dune kind of tried to figure out the electricity he's going to be mad scientist forever oh yeah (laughs) i really like the part at the very end where um they're like Lena's great-great-granddaughter gets to live in this really nice city. That was really sad. It was sad. And, like, because Lena never gets to see it. But it's, like, I don't know, very hopeful. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot of one line from Hamilton the Musical where he's, like, um, a legacy is planting seeds in a garden you never get to see grow. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, that... That, like, idea really resonates with me, and I like it a lot. Yeah, and I think the series is really important to me because it does show that things can get really bad. You can have an apocalypse, you can have a disaster, but there's still going to be life after that, and there's still going to be hope. Yeah. And people will, something will survive, and people will get a fresh start, mm-hmm. and then there can be, people are going to learn from the past, and like that that's really important especially when a lot of the reporting right now is making things seem really 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 hopeless and a lot of my classes in school right now are making a lot of these systems seem like you can't fix them the only way to do it is tear it down and then even then you wouldn't be able to tear it down so so clearly we just need a disaster <laughs> we do not need a disaster <laughs> but it shows that even if the worst happens yes like It's going to be okay, and there's always going to be hope. Okay, so Elon Musk is going to be the guy who funds the City of Ember. We just need to get these books in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's ever read them. Elon Musk, if you're listening, please read them. (laughs) Well, if anyone's rich enough to do it, he is. Yeah, I also think, 
while I'm getting mushy about these books, <laughs> another thing is that Lena and Dune didn't have to be special to do what they did. Yeah, they're just normal kids. Yeah, they're just normal kids, and they really got it together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it showed, like, what ordinary people can do. Yeah. Like, it didn't have to be a big politician mm-hmm. or anything like that. big politicians usually turned out to be not great people. <laughs> yeah. And going back to the Mysterious Benedict Society, I my one of my criticisms was that I didn't think that the kids had to be super, super, super special with all their talents mm-hmm. to be able to do what they did. And I think this kind of remedied that feeling when I was reading it again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, any other final fanfiction takes or mushy feelings you want to get out? Um... <laughs> Calls to action for Elon Musk. Okay, here's here's my take. <laughs> if Jean Dupro ever writes another book in this world, make it Poppy's point of view. <gasps> yes! Because I am curious what life is like for Poppy, who will not remember the city of Ember at all. Yes, so we need like 10 years down the line. Yeah. Poppy's like 15. Yes. She isn't interested in boys because no. <laughs> Yes. No boys. <laughs> yes. She can she can retcon her straightness. <laughs> no. Um to be fair to be fair, there's like no romance into the book in the book until like the last part. So even then it's less <laughs> I feel like Jean Pro doesn't really write romances. She writes companionships. Yeah, and I like that. Which is like really cool and Mm -hmm. honestly uh, as someone who's been in exactly like half a relationship (laughs) (laughs) um like i like the idea that a strong relationship that lasts forever is like two people being each other's companions yeah through all the hard times and all the good times and then also having their own lives lives outside of each other yeah from like the marriages that I've seen, that seems like it, what it's like, mm-hmm. based on, like, parents <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> Mine, yours, other people's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like the way that she doesn't really focus on relationships. She definitely could have, especially in Diamond of Darkhold. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. Yeah. Still, justice for Miss Murdo and Dr. Hester. <laughs> Okay, moving on <laughs> to ratings and conclusions. Who would you recommend this book to? People who want to see, who read the other books and liked them. Yeah, honestly, you can't read this book without reading the other two. Yeah, you would hate it if you read it <laughs> as a standalone. And you can't read this book without having read People Sparks. So yeah. even if you read City of Ember, you couldn't read it without reading I do People think Sparks. that you could read People of Sparks without reading City of Ember, though. Yeah. I feel like you'd lose some of, like, what makes it so good. Yeah. But you could. Honestly, the way that it, like, the series pans out, it's almost like City of Ember is, like, a prequel Hmm. to them going into the real world. Yeah, I see that. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. If only the actual prequel was better. (laughs) Well, you didn't read it, so you don't know. Fair enough, but I can go based off of your hatred of it. Yes, why do they take away the dogs? <laughs> Makes no sense to me. <laughs> okay. Um, ratings? Um, my nostalgia rating for this book is a 4 out of 5. Um, I just remember laughing 
at the Trogs, and I remember crying when I got to the end of the book. Oh. So yeah, four out of five. Uh-huh. Um, minus a point because I didn't reread this as much as the others. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my Goodreads rating I think is also a four out of five. And then my current rating would also be a four out of five. Solid four out of five across the board. Yeah, four out of five <laughs> would be a th- would be a two, but I gave it two extra points just for just for the ending. <laughs> That's fair. So since I've never read this book before, I'm not just gonna do zero out of five for nostalgia. Um, instead, I'm gonna rate the matches. Matches play an essential <laughs> role in this book. Thus. Five out of five for matches. Justice for candles and matches. Just hashtag. Look at her, ju- <laughs> look at her live tweet. Hashtag justice for candles and matches. Make a trend. <laughs> God, can you imagine if we got that trending ever? <laughs> That'd be kind of the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. I'd love it. Um, my current rating is a three out of five because like, I don't know. It's like a fine book. I didn't love it. I feel like as a conclusion, it is really good. And I like the last couple of chapters a lot, but the beginning and middle are very bloated and I did not like the trogs. (laughs) I couldn't even find humor in them. Yeah, but you're from the suburbs of Skago though, right? I am from the suburbs of Skago. (laughs) At least your city got a mention, mine didn't. (laughs) Well, the whole thing's set on the west coast. Calif- Nothing's ever said in the Midwest. Well, the West Actually, Coast, everyone thinks that California is the only bit of the West Coast that exists. But let me tell you, Washington and Oregon still are still here and are not going anywhere. And they're just as important. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So if you were one of the characters, who would you be? Um, I'm still going to go Dune. Yeah. I think the angst level. It's an the, appropriate in, The serious, level. the intensity the melodrama. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I gotta go with Kenny. Um, he's my fave. Also, I feel like Kenny's kind of on the outside of the action. He's not the main guy, but he still like helps out, which I like. Yeah. I don't Lena, I don't think I'd want to be Lena or Dune. Yeah. Lena would all, will always be my fave though. Of course. Okay. Well, that's all for this week. Um, next time we're going to be looking at How to Be Popular by Meg Cabot. So a very big genre switch. Yes. And I haven't read this book before I reread it. So this is going to be interesting. I read it as a kid though. Yeah. I read a lot of uh, books like this as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WTKA underscore podcast and at our website, link in the description. Thanks so much for listening. Um, See see you in Skago. And have a great day.